Are you struggling to contribute at Trivia Night? Do you find that the subjects of high school tend to cause you fright? Not to worry, we've got a solution of sorts A variety of topics and comedic retorts Your mind's awake, but your body's at ease When you're listening to Topical Everybody, it's me, Nathan, and I'm uh, I'm just sitting in the studio, you know, chopping up this episode. Um, to be honest, I feel kind of I feel kind of dirty that I'm just here doing this without Andy. But I was here editing this episode, and as we recorded it, I, I hate to break it to you, it's it's about a two and a half hour episode. So we did some talking here at here at Topical Breeze, and uh, we think we're gonna split this one up into two so as to make it somewhat more palatable. As you might have been able to tell from the episode, this is Andy's dive into the John F. Kennedy assassination. Uh, So we will spend the first half of the episode covering some parts of it, uh, and then we will um, release the second episode next week that finishes out Andy's, uh, I guess, uh, goal or, or focus or takeaways from the whole thing. So hope you enjoy the the first half of this and then uh, come on back next week to hear the conclusion. Do you know what day it is? Uh, Tuesday. You don't remember? Your birthday. Wow. Is it your birthday? No, I want you to go check the calendar. I want you to go check the calendar and then I want you to come back and I want you to tell me what day the calendar says this is. All right. It says Tuesday. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's our one-year anniversary. But only a couple weeks after. Spectacular, baby. Spectacular. <laughs> so we're dragging this out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, welcome back to it's Top of the It's not every day you get to celebrate a year of doing a podcast. Right, it's once a year. And so w- what we're doing, ladies and gentlemen, this is Topical Breeze. A podcast where two teachers take turns, alternating topics and hosts, and going in depth and out of depth yeah, on these topics uh, and seeing where the conversation everybody takes. knows already. Now, if you listen to last episode, you'll know that this is our one year cycle, which means that we're flipping the script. And we're so being last crazy, <laughs> wild and crazy. So last episode, of course, Nathan took over the math. I which sure would, did. Which would normally be my Uvra, which means eggs, and Jesus Christ, and your what would normally my Uvra, if you will, yeah. <laughs> what, which means eggs. Oh shit! Right. The, what would normally follow is you do a history episode, right. but since you did the math episode, then Andy we does don't do it. No, <laughs> Andy does the history episodes, baby. Just this one, yeah. And there's a very this is a very special episode for everyone, right? But mostly for Andy, right? This is my magnum opus. This is his, yeah. Magnum opus if is I, a good way. If to I put died it. tomorrow, I want this entire transcripted podcast on my tombstone. Right. Thank you. Now it's also a very special episode because we have with us a an very special bi- guest. I would have said an innocent oh, bystander. An instant bystander to our mania. Nice to meet you. Nice Good to, to meet see you. Yeah. For those of you just tuning in, Margaret and Nathan are engaged to be married. <laughs> so. Yep. I just got uh, home from work. That's right. right. Woo. So I, I okay. 
So Nathan, you already know what I'm recording. What what the topic I, I is? I do know what the topic is. And Margaret, is. you also know what this topic is. Yes. And I want to say this That's right away because it's well, a very at the special most surface topic. surface level, though, like I don't know if there's anything. Which like, is part of the reason that's that you're why here. You're here. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, um, Andy wanted a fresh mind to just talk, dump this onto. And I will oh. say this: I, I've been teasing this episode for a long time. This is something that almost I'm as much as I as I've teased the Shakespeare episode, which I may or may not get to do. We'll see. This, of course, is Andy's deep dive uh-huh. into the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Right now, I spent a long time thinking about what what I wanted this episode to look like. You know, this is this is a semi informational podcast, right? Classically. So <laughs> I don't want to go down this crazy conspiracy route. For night, and oh, I will at the nuts. very, I will at the very end okay. tell you all what I think, what okay. my speculations are, and why I think them. But might I, might I butt in here? Please. There has been okay. First off, yep. I know the de- like the the no details at all. You know, I know JFK died. That's right. Well, yep. And okay. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> okay, we'll get into that. But like, truly, I could not tell you. What's conspiracy theory? What's truth? What I've seen in movies? Okay. What's well, been speculated? This Here we go. Perfect. So I I think that what I wanted to avoid for the first ninety percent of this is those websites that have like black backgrounds and white text. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly. The crazy what you're uh, websites. Night mode of Wikipedia. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> what I what I went with for ninety percent of this Shh, episode. It's night. You'll scare the facts away. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like that you said facts. Thank you. <laughs> Um, all I will name my sources as we go through this. I used the government, the government's actual that reports. That doesn't mean anything. Good point. Good. You're um, learning. I used the government's <laughs> official reports and investigations. I actually read the documents. Yeah. Um, they're available online, and I'll talk about that. I used some sources, for, uh, some news sources. Recently, didn't they? I used. Uh, it depends on the, Not on the all investigation. Of them. Oh. I used NPR's reports. I used uh, articles from the Washington Post. Yep, love uh, that. The reputable. New York Times as well. Love it. Um, Is so the New York Times that reputable? Yes. I will. Okay, never mind. Yes. I will. Yes, Margaret, stop trying to put <laughs> down accurate news. information. What's the one I'm thinking of? You're thinking of Fox oh, News? No, the New York no. Post. The New York Post is not accurate. Yeah, no. um, What's the one that wrote an article about Jungle the Wall Juice Street. the other day? What? Oh, um, that My was sis- the New York Times, but that's not the factual reporting okay. part of the New York Times. Central Park is like selling some alcoholic fruit punch or whatever. Oh, and hell yeah. My sister like quote tweeted it. She was like, wow, New York Times just discovered jungle juice. <laughs> that's They're really reporting funny. news. Yeah, that's news, buddy. That is big news. Um, so that's how funny I'm going to be. I'm just going to tell jokes that other people said. I <laughs> will. That's What do you think we do? Nathan just threw it out. <laughs> I didn't throw it. I dropped it. That was Bad my jokes. snack in case I get hungry. If that was a tomato, you you're just be gonna, fucked. You're just going to eat an apple on this podcast? I if, if I get it, hungry. If it's a snack. Um, so people, I will be very clear about where all this information came from. So there's no, I'm not making this up. I'm not putting my own ideas into this. I'll let you know when until I start the doing end. that. Got until it. the very end. So let's talk about the basic facts of this situation. Margaret, go. <laughs> JFK was the 61st president. Wow. <laughs> John so F. Couple, <laughs> couple things here. Couple things. 
Well, we don't know yet because we haven't had the 61st president. That's right. He might <laughs> still maybe. be alive. <laughs> no. So, okay. I'm basing so he was this president in 1961. No. <laughs> That's what you're thinking of. John F. Kennedy. John Francis. Fitzgerald Kennedy. Oh. Yeah, Fitzgerald. Was the 35th president of the United Francis States. Would have better. I would have liked that better. He was assassinated by gunshot while riding in a motorcade, which is uh, just a, parade. a vehicle Presidential parade. Through Dealey Plaza in Dallas, Texas, on Friday, November 22nd, 1963. It's the day before my dad's first birthday, by the way. So your dad is JFK reincarnate? No, he was already born. Oh, oh so shit. he so may he have been it. contracted by the CIA. Right, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> yes, at 364 days old. John F. The first shots were fired at 12.30 p.m. John F. Kennedy was pronounced dead at, uh, at the hospital at 1 p.m. He yeah. was succeeded. He was like definitely already dead, though. Right? We'll talk about that. Okay. He was succeeded in the presidency by his vice president Lyndon Baines Johnson shortly thereafter. Ew, Baines. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Lee, That's not a middle name. Lee Harvey Oswald was identified as the shooter. Uh-huh. Was apprehended within just a few hours and was brought into custody. On the morning of November twenty fourth, Sunday, two days later, Jay. Lee Harvey Oswald was That's being. That's my ex boyfriend's birthday. Cool. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald was being escorted to a car for transfer from the Dallas police headquarters to county jail uh-huh. when Dallas nightclub owner Jack, Jack Ruby, Ruby shot him in the torso at close range. Lee Harvey Oswald died later that day, and Jack Ruby was swiftly apprehended and sent to prison. Yeah, Those oh, are the wait. facts of the case. The assassin was murdered immediately? That's right. Yes. Well, uh, two days later. Within two days. Oh, okay. Yep. I thought it was in prison. Uh, no, nope. he was. was. He was not actually in county jail yet. He was. He had been interrogated. Very. He wasn't guilty yet. Okay. Like, so innocent till proven guilty. Let's till. thank you, oh, Judge but that's why people Plumkins. think that it's like a, I got honorable. Honorable. <laughs> <laughs> um. So just some interesting surrounding details. John F. Kennedy was in Dallas for a John F. Kennedy's secretary was named Lincoln. Lincoln's secretary was named Kennedy. No, you oh, don't understand. Okay. I looked this up earlier because I was like, I wonder if this is going to be what the topic is going to no. be, and I want to sound so smart. There's like all these similarities it's, between yeah, them. Yeah, it's yeah. But then Wikipedia also said that these could be explained by just coincidence. Yeah, they could. I, I don't know what else. That. I don't know what the other explanation <laughs> would be. It was Okay. So, um, John F. Kennedy was in Dallas for a reason. He was campaigning. So, this was 1963. The yeah. following year would be an election year. Right, 64. Um, he was had he... Um, oh, well, yeah. He would be. He would have just finished... Or getting ready to finish his first term. That's correct. So he was elected in 60. He was a Democrat. He lost um, Texas in the previous election. He's yes. a Massachusetts Democrat. He's a Massachusetts Democrat, not a Southern Democrat. And okay. so, he really needed to win the Southern Democrats over in this election... Because um, people were not necessarily happy with the job that he was doing. It was going to well, be a tighter race. It's the 1960s. The think Vietnam about the War, South. Think about yes. yeah. civil rights. That All of that. Um, Who died first, him or his brother? Him. Wow, his brother His brother was running for president uh, in 19, yeah, 68 and was mm. shot. Um, so uh, the on the day, John F. Kennedy was riding in a car with Texas Governor uh, Colin, Connolly, Governor Connolly, and um, also his wife, Jackie Kennedy. Jackie O. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson was also part of this motorcade. Where was he? We'll talk about that. He was in the Honda CRV behind. Oh, Pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, second thing, Lee Harvey Oswald. This is interesting. Um, 
actually also Are you gotta talk about how his name he is has three names and, and the and and three names JF, and so does John Wilkes Booth. Assassin had three names. <laughs> so also before this episode, <laughs> before this episode, I said this episode might be an hour and a half, might be three hours. <laughs> it's looking like it's gonna be three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, yeah, you said that, you and can't I can't make me not have fun. <laughs> you can't silence women. Oh, take that, idiot! <laughs> so I'm just gonna take a drink. Ew, I hated okay. that. Lee Harvey Oswald also killed. <laughs> it makes my eyes water. I'm really upset by that sound. Okay, I won't slurp my drink anymore. <laughs> On Friday, I'm talking about your voice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, come for the information. Stay for the zingers, folks. <laughs> On Friday, November 22nd, the same day, Lee Harvey Oswald also killed police officer, Dallas police officer J.D. Tippett. Uh-huh. Um, this occurred when the officer tried to stop him on the street after the assassination. Um, he said, hey, that's the guy that just shot Kennedy. This no, he said, hey, I like the guy's shoes. That, that, that whole situation is actually really, really weird. We'll talk about that. Okay. We're going to talk about every angle. Yeah. I want to be clear. Literally every Grassy angle Noel? we're Grassy talking Noel about. was the only angle. That was hot take. The, the I don't correct the correct um, story that has been like you're jumping like five pages ahead. Okay, of me. fine. You're jumping. Well, she's talking about the grassy knoll. I'll stop. Kay. I'll stop jumping. Uh, some other background information: John F. Kennedy was the youngest president ever elected, Catholic, and, and he was also the only Catholic president ever elected until Joe Biden. Joe Biden, right. Joe Biden is famously one of the youngest presidents ever elected. No, nope. <laughs> other one. So um, John he loves ice cream. So that's right. Does jo- he? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, you haven't seen all those pictures of him licking ice cream. He cones? also loves cocaine. That's his. That's his son. That's genetic. Allegedly. <laughs> John F. Kennedy was a senator before he was president. Um, and he came from an extremely wealthy, politically powerful family. So the if Kennedys. You, if you don't know anything about the Kennedys, it wasn't just jo- John F. Kennedy. His father Connor had worked. Kennedy is one of Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriends. His father had worked very closely under FDR um, as an advisor, as an ambassador to the UK. His brother Bobby Kennedy or Robert Kennedy um, was also a politician. Attorney general. He was a, he was John F. Kennedy's attorney general. That will be important later. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a lot of shit about the Kennedys. I'm not going to get into the entire family. That's not the point of this. Do it on your own time. They're a fucked up family. Bobby Kennedy <laughs> would later be assassinated himself, as Margaret pointed out already, yep. um, in 1968 when he was running for president. Uh, John F. Kennedy served in the Navy in World War II. Uh, was he was on a boat? Was it USS Indianapolis? Or uh, was it a different one? No, it, it was. It wasn't the Indianapolis, but his boat did crash. Right, I remember him being lost at sea or whatever. Yeah. So his older brother died in the war. Now his father, boat? no, his, oh. uh, I think he was in a plan. His brother was in the Air Force. Oh. Oh. His father, Joseph P. Kennedy, had this plan. Wow. He wanted a lot of those sub- like him and his brothers. Man, a lot of them died. It was a very tragic, a, tra- a tragedy stricken family. family. Sounds like a curse to me. Oh. Somebody did something, something <laughs> not great. Joseph Kennedy, the father, the patriarch, had a plan of succession for all of his sons to be president, one after the other, as after you the do. other. That's he was crazy. so pissed. He was so pissed that the oldest son died. Uh-huh. And John F. Kennedy was then going to be the next president. John F. Kennedy did not really want to be president. Like, a lot of sources are like, he just kind of felt like that was his role. Yeah. Wait, how do you stumble into the presidency? What just happened? Um, he good. almost knocked over a beer. Okay. No, we're good, man. Um, Truly, like, uh, therapy would be so useful. Uh, so many. I don't think they uh, were yeah. into John that John F. Kennedy at the time. used sex and drugs instead <laughs> of therapy. Um, 
during and look where we are. Don't we all? <laughs> before he was in the Navy, John F. Kennedy had injured his back playing football at Harvard. Um, this injury was exacerbated further during a naval incident in 1943, wherein his boat was rammed heavily by a Japanese destroyer. They were stranded for several days on an island, during which John F. Kennedy repeatedly made several mile-long swims while towing other injured crew members Insane. after wow. his back was injured. He, he saved multiple men's lives. His back problems from this um, wreck, on where they were stranded for about a week. Yeah, his back problems would be chronic and debilitating for the rest of his life. Yeah, this led to Fair a enough. lot of drug abuse. Right, oh. and a lot of people don't know this. On the day that he was assassinated, at that point, he was having to wear a back brace during the day just oh, to I get bet around. That was real hush hush. Um, that's a lot of people when you look at the film of him being assassinated are yeah. talking about the angles at which his body slumps and things. And well, he was wearing a back he brace. He was wearing a back brace. So that's going to affect that. Allegedly. John F. Kennedy was a known playboy having multiple affairs, including with Marilyn, Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. What a queen. John not, not for, you know. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Here's uh, another just little interesting thing. Less than half the country believes the government's official story. <laughs> um, in terms of the Marilyn Monroe affair? No, or no, no, in terms no. Of in terms of the assassination. No, I mean, there's definitely some, some fuck shit. Yeah. So according to NBC, this is a quote, a poll taken immediately after the murder found that 52% of Americans believed that others were involved in a conspiracy. Oh, while shit. 29% thought Oswald acted alone. Hmm. This jumped 81% of Americans in December of 1976 believed this is 15 years after yeah fi- uh, about yeah 15 uh 12 uh, no 13 years he was he was 1963 is when he was shot. i'm just trying to round in december of 1976 81% of americans believed that others were involved in a conspiracy 81% of americans disagreed with the government's official as story. margaret says some fuck shit this yeah. came with the public release of the zapruder film in 1975 ah. so for those of you that don't recruiter Thank you to our sponsor. Thank you for sponsoring our podcast. Please don't do this. If you need staffing solutions. If you need an assassin. Go somewhere else. They're not paying us yet. So, um, for those of you that don't know, the Zapruder film was a home video taken by Abraham Zapruder on the day of the assassination. (gasps) Abraham. Oh. Is there something there? There's something (laughs) there. I'm going to do that this entire episode. Get on board. This video is taken from the grassy knoll, which is a grassy area, a lawn right next to the road where the motorcade passed through in Dealey Plaza. We're going to talk a Why little bit I more about that. Why did I think it was a golf course? I don't Ooh. know. Because I think green. I have such a, like... You're going to learn a lot today, Oh, are knolls commonly used in uh, They're golf like co-hosts course? of the Great British Baking Show, usually. Nobody? Did Noles. you think Come that on. was funny? Nobody? Did you like that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the grassy knoll is a lawn right next to the road where the motorcade passed. So we're going to talk about the geography of the region. Lovely. The Zapruder film ch- starts with the motorcade coming down the street. And you can see in vivid detail um, the, the the shots hitting the president. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, I if you have a queasy tummy, trigger warnings out the wazoo, for watching that. For watching this. It is morbid. It is totally available for you to watch on YouTube. It is yeah. broken down frame by frame. This film was instrumental in every government investigation of the assassination. Yeah. Um, and he was just like some guy that was like, oh, a parade. He was the president. Well, it was the president. There are a, there are a well, lot yeah. of photographs that exist on the day that helped piece all this yeah. together. But the Zapruder film is like the number one thing. Now, 
a lot of the government investigations that investigated this assassination used the Zapruder film um, in their investigation and in their reports and everything like that. They reference it. Sure. But the film itself you're was... You're just like going to a parade? Yeah. This And now your whole life is like different and everyone the knows The trajectory your of your life is just like forever yeah. changed. Um, so the Zapruder film wasn't released to the public until 1975. Uh-huh. And then a year after that, everybody's like, oh, the government story is wrong. Everyone lied, right? Hmm. Um, people believe all kinds of things about this. You said there's some fuck shit. People say that Lee Harvey Oswald acted with other people. Uh-huh. Some people say he didn't do it at all. Some uh-huh. people he was a patsy. Some people say that John F. Kennedy didn't even die. Some people say the CIA right. did it. The Where mafia did, did it. The FBI did it. Where did he shoot from? We're gonna talk about because that was the, the argument, school right? book deposit. That's right. Ring. I'm not gonna get. Yeah. I'll people let Andy think do the it. government is hiding something. People think that Lyndon B. Johnson played a role. Mm. Phrases like the magic bullet, the Sorry, second shooter, the umbrella man. All these things. That's the a real. I swear man. to God, well, Umbrella Man is my favorite superhero. Also, I think <laughs> I it's school books suppository. Is no, no, the, no one's putting books up their asses. <laughs> the Umbrella Man is my sleep paralysis demon. But here's what I want to point out. Jesus Literally, th- at, d- immediately after the shooting occurred, mm-hmm. more than half the country already didn't believe. Yeah. the government was telling the truth before they even something had the film. was wrong. Before they even had the film. Before any investigations were finished. It just tells you, man. And then as the years have gone on, at no point did more than half America believe that the government was telling the truth. Uh-huh. So why? What makes this so fishy? Right? Well, well probably <laughs> the government doing something fishy would be a... Okay, be but a here's the start. thing. I think, and, and this is what we're going to spend the bulk of today talking about, is... Um, the government's report on this is extremely thorough. Uh-huh. And, and, um... You think they're going to half-ass a cover story? Come on now. Well, we're going to talk about that. So, um, the government's story is where I want to focus. Sure. Now, the government's story, also known as the Warren Report. Okay. That's what this is. So, w- the Warren Report is the government's official story Warren? of what... Warren. 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 Okay. Okay. So, here's the story of the Warren Commission. One week after the death of John F. Kennedy, the new president, Lyndon B. Johnson, established a task force to thoroughly investigate the assassination. This committee was known as the President's Commission on the Assassination of President Kennedy, Uh but is commonly referred to as the Warren Commission after its chairman, the Chief Justice Earl Warren. Yeah! So this commission was created for several reasons. Um, A government... A governmental, like a federal independent investigation would help calm the public, yeah. right? The the president has just been assassinated in one of the most tumultuous political times of American history, yeah. right? Um, it would also take the case away from the U.S. Attorney General, who was... Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy, whose brother just got fucking shot. Right. <laughs> so he had been deeply affected. We wanted a, a clean investigation without any bias. Take that away sure. from the U.S. Attorney General. Furthermore, it helped solidify Lyndon B. Johnson as a trustworthy leader who's on the side of the people. It was in his home state, right. Texas. He's going to hand it over to the to it the independent. It was his home state. Yeah. Well, Johnson's home Sus. state. Yeah. Li- so Lyndon B. Johnson in his home state, the assassination. That's where that happened. And local law enforcement was being really heavily criticized directly after the events. Um, so he was like, I'm, we're not just going to leave the investigation to them. We're going to conduct a federal thorough investigation. It's independent. Independent. We're going to explore every avenue. 
Um, Is it like a... Sorry, I keep interrupting you. But like, okay, so like obviously murder is a crime but like at a state level probably or is it a federal yeah it's it's a a larger kind crime to murder the president okay yeah but you bring up an extremely good point which is the congress has no jurisdiction in assigning blame to anybody and that's not what the investigation was about Uh uh-huh they weren't out to assign blame they weren't out to arrest anybody because the only person that could be arrested for the assassination of the president is dead so their job is to get all the facts out there, mm-hmm. explore every possible avenue, and set the record straight. That's what their job is. That's what the Warren Commission's job was. And that's what they did. Wait, can I pause here? How did um, they confirm that it was Lee Harvey Oswald? They, good question. They, yeah, so the Warren, the Warren Commission... They questioned what they had to I do. Said, no, 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 I said good, good question. question. Oh. So the Warren Commission, it, they did do an extremely thorough investigation. They called... Hundreds of witnesses. They talked to everybody who was on the grassy knoll. They talked to a bunch of Dallas police officers, every Secret Service agent. They talked to any eyewitness who had anything to do with anything in multiple parts of Dallas. They looked at police radio. They looked at transcripts of police radio. Um, they explored the acoustics on the police radio. I mean, you name it. Like they went down every everything. They looked at ballistics. They called them ballistic. De- they had expert testimony. They went into governmental records about yeah. everybody. They looked up school records of Lee Harvey Oswald, and they looked at mafia connections for Jack <gasps> Ruby. Like, oh. they explored everything. Uh huh. So, and 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 their summary. So the Warren the Warren report is is their summary is publicly available. Right. You can look you can look up and read the whole summary and then there are some appendices that break down the summary even further. Um, and then there are further volumes upon volumes that have been published. Uh-huh. Now, the volumes themselves are not available online. The summary and the appendices are. Right. I read through the entire thing. <laughs> not all of the appendices cuz they get a little repetitive. Uh-huh. But I read through the entire summary which is about 30 pages and several Oof. of the appendices to get more information about where the findings in the summary came from. And I will now relay to you the story. The government the story. The government story. The Warren Report's findings. That's right. Okay. So in, kids. It's story time. After much deli- Oh, real quick. So, so oh, boy, Mr. Andy, you got to tell <laughs> us a story? Yep. Put on your tinfoil caps, kids. All right. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson um, was a little bit nervous about doing this at all, but he deliberated a lot with Congress, and he talked a lot to his good buddy at the head of the FBI- J. Edgar Hoover. That's we right. like him. We'll talk about that. And so Lyndon B. Johnson put out an executive order to establish the Warren Commission. He did not like candidates. So some interesting members. Obviously, J. Edgar Hoover? Yeah. No, he did not. Did so Lyndon B. Johnson? No. Well, probably We'll talk about that. Oh. Well, they... We'll talk about, we'll talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it. In my mind, the vice president Andy's and the controlling the flow of information. at the beginning, and then something turns sour. Oh, yeah. Right. Have you seen West Wing? Uh, John F. Kennedy and Lyndon B. Johnson. Not in its entirety. Their relationship was sour. That happens. From the... Uh, Democrat primary, the Democratic primary. That's stupid. Don't pick him as your running mate. Well, he needed we'll to talk pick him about as a running that. mate. God damn it! <laughs> I got a narrative. All right. So let this guy spin his wheel. So the Warren Commission consisted Whoa. of yarn. Yarn. <laughs> the Warren Commission <laughs> consisted of like, um, like nine or ten individuals, and then a bunch of staff. Uh-huh. Some interesting members on the Warren Commission, obviously Chief Justice or a Warren, or a Warren of the Supreme Court, um, Gerald Ford. Oh, Jerry. Future president. Uh, he was the House Minority Leader. Yep. Um, of Alan, Congress? Yes. Yep. Oh, okay. uh, Alan Dulles, uh, who was the uh, f- airport 
Dulles Airport. He's um, an airport. Alan Dulles was the former head of the CIA. Um, Dulles Airport is named after him. Either him or his brother, John Foster. Well, why would it be called Dulles? Because they both have the last name Dulles. John Foster, Foster Dulles, Dulles. Oh. and Alan Dulles were two brothers that were heavily involved in the United States government from like the 1950s. Oh, all right. We'll talk more about the Dulles brothers. Fair enough. Um, also, John McCloy. And I don't really know why this guy was included. He was the former head of the World Bank. But uh, I guess he was just... Money talks. He was an advisor to a lot of presidents from like Truman on. Like he was very okay. heavily connected sure. to the presidents. And I don't really know it why. It sounds like when somebody like graduates college, but like keeps going back to visit like the old organization or their it kind of feels like that okay. mccloy was actually very level-headed on this committee cool um and he, he gave some interesting um opinions. testimony so the warren commission they interviewed witnesses they examined extensive data and reports and on september 24th of the following year 1964 so yeah. uh, about 10 months later um the warren report was finalized and then made public three days later on the 27th uh-huh. Here's what the report had to say regarding the events. In regard to the preparation of the events, the Secret Service was informed on November 8th, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly two weeks mm-hmm. before, that there would be a 45-minute motorcade procession from the plane landing at Love Field in Dallas that feels long to the site of a luncheon. So they were driving all well, through in Dallas, Dallas. The airport's way out it's from the way, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's and it's quite far. And he was just like out in the open the whole time. So yeah. So well, uh, a this, president hadn't been shot in sixty years. The whole point of this was to mingle with the people of Dallas. They needed to see him as a person who cared about the city of Dallas. Sixty years. So the motorcade was. This procession was for the purpose of having the president wave and smile at as many people as possible, and. Actually, this was suggested by Governor Connolly. It was oh. not internal in in the um, federal government. Governor Connolly suggested involved. this, and Connolly didn't right. even like JFK. Let's, let's but Connolly right. also needed the support of JFK. Why? Well, JFK didn't win Dallas in 1960. Neither did Connolly. Oh, yikes! So they're both kind of tag teaming this as a campaign. I get yes. mayor and governor confused. Governor's the whole state, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, so John F. Kennedy. Your listeners are gonna think I'm the dumbest. No, person. dude, nobody would know this off the top of their head. They'd probably know governor, governor versus and mayor. <laughs> oh, I got it messed up too. I'm like, how do you lose Dallas and still become governor? I was literally yeah. thinking that. Um, okay. So the site of this luncheon was at a place called the Trade Mart. Now that was not determined on November 8th. It was actually determined about six days later. However, before the final site of the luncheon was determined, the Secret Service was already kind of planning on love on, on Trade Mart uh-huh. as the site of the luncheon. At this luncheon, it would be like a speech. He would meet with other dignitaries and sure. things like that. Just kind of a, a, a meet and greet sort of a thing. So they were always kind of planning the route from Love Field to Trademark, even before it was finalized. We might talk about that in a little bit. I think it's interesting, okay. but I don't know. Um, the 10-mile route was chosen by the Secret Service, and then they kind of drove it themselves. Sure. They saw that it worked. Yeah. They timed it. They then sent it to the local hosts, so the Dallas police forces and all the governmental and political bodies of Dallas, uh-huh. who said, this is the best route uh, for what you're trying to do. The route was not publicized in local papers until Tuesday, November 19th. This is the Which first is time, three days, three before days before the motorcade, but three days before the visit. Yeah, 22nd, so, right? That's right. So yeah. this is on Tuesday. The assassination happened on Friday. No one outside of the CIA, the Secret Service, or local political organizations would have known what the route was until Tuesday, November 19th. That's right. very important. Yeah. 
After the luncheon, so after he's done at the trademark, John F. Kennedy would then go back to Love Field and then fly to Austin to continue all this. Yeah. So he was kind of hopping from city Press to city. Press tour, yeah. What yeah. a big Easy. day. He was yeah, going to be so had, sleepy. <laughs> yeah, he had, di- <laughs> he had to do dinner and a me- another meet and greet in Austin later that day. Yeah. It was crazy. I know Jackie That's, O's that's just hurt. the campaign trail, man. That's what yep. it is. Okay, so let's talk about that motorcade. Okay. So the motorcade consisted of several vehicles, some political, some for press. John F. Kennedy... Um, was in the back of an open-air limousine right. at the front of the motorcade. Now, it, it was not like a convertible that you can like scoot the top back on when you're ready right. and take it yeah. off. It had like a bubble top. So it was a clear top that you could put on it. Like during a Popemobile. Yeah, yeah. kind of, but it wasn't yeah. bulletproof. It was mostly just for like rain. Sounds like a Barbie car. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Mm, John F. Kennedy was in the backseat of a Barbie car. <laughs> <laughs> um, seated to his left... <laughs> the Barbie movies about the JFK assassination. I would watch that. Hey. Seated to the tickets. I'm very excited. Uh, my uh, my girlfriend's going to see that. She asked me if I wanted to go, and I said you can tell me about it. Um, Andy just That's doesn't like so Andy doesn't lame. like movies. I don't like movies. That's true. But it's Barbie. Yeah, it's it is. Margot Robbie. She's so cute. Okay. It's Ryan Gosling. He's gonna be so cute in it. I Will Ferrell's in it. That's right. Michael Sarah's in it, which is unusual but fun. <laughs> like me. Um, so, seated to the left of the president in the back of this open air limousine is Jackie Kennedy. My wife. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, in the seat in front of the president mm-hmm. was Governor Connolly. Yeah. So, they were in the same car. It feels dangerous to have them in the same car. That's what's crazy to well, me. Well, it's not like he's the vice president. Yeah, but the I vice know. president it's was like two like cars behind. This would never happen today. No. Everybody in the like same place. Somebody g- oh, wait. He did get shot. Did- Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. What? Go ahead. Okay. So to the left of Governor Connolly was his wife. So we have at, at the back, couple, we, have, couple. we have JFK and then his wife to the left. And then in front of JFK was Governor Connolly. And then to his left was his wife. And then there was another row. And that's where the Secret Service was. Uh-huh. So there were two Secret Service members. Um, Secret Service agent William Greer was the driver. And then agent Roy Kellerman was in the passenger seat. So there's six people in this open air that's limousine. That's that character from Ted Lasso. Yep. You got it. And we need a bulldog like him to protect the president. <laughs> there was a follow-up car full of Secret Service agents. Yep. And then a car with Lyndon B. Johnson and his wife, along with Senator Ralph Yar- Yarborough, a Texas senator. And then there was another follow-up car, and then additional cars and buses for press and other important dignitaries. Uh-huh. So it was a long parade. Yeah. But the president was at the front. At the start of the profession, uh, procession, on the way downtown from Love Field, the president requested two stops to wave and mingle with the crowd. So he Cute. stopped the car, got out of the limousine, and was under heavy security. He was shaking surrounded hands. by Secret Service, yeah. but yes, he was shaking hands. He was mingling with the Kissing public. Kissing babies. Kissing babies. Everything was totally fine. Cutting ribbons. This happened twice. Once, Kissing ribbon, cutting babies. Once kind of away from Love Field and like truly downtown, the bulk of the procession took place on Main Street, which is where the parades typically happened in Dallas. Makes you sense. go down Main Street. So, I mean, like, any person with a brain that has been to a parade in Dallas would be like, yeah, they'll probably go down Main Street. That's right. Everyone knows that's where the I would have to assume that's be. where... Never mind. Sorry, no, keep it actually. <gasps> oh, wow. So, a plot twist. So, with about five minutes left in the procession, they would have to go to the trademark, which is where the luncheon is. So, sure. it's kind of at the end of the... at the um, motorcade's route. Yeah. Now, this is where it gets... A little bit weird, and I'm going to show you guys a, Fucky? a picture of Dealey Plaza. The fuck shit begins? Um, mm. Mm. So, 
Main Street runs parallel to two other streets. Okay. On Secondary th- on and tertiary streets. On the north of Main Street is Elm Street. <laughs> Got a little giggle out of Andy. That felt good. <laughs> and on the south of Main Street is Commerce Street. Can you say the first one again? I wasn't yeah. listening. So Elm Street is on the north. Uh-huh. And then Main Street's in the middle. And then Commerce is on the south. And Main Street is where the bulk of the procession takes place. Okay. Now, to get to the luncheon site at Trademark, they got to get on the Stemmons Freeway. Um, at an at an interchange or an inter- kind of like an on ramp mm-hmm. off ramp situation, they call this the triple underpass or the triple overpass. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. Are you? Did you look at yeah, the picture? Is it this? Is it the Dealey Plaza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see here. It looks like a big triangle, right? Yeah. So Main Street runs right through the middle of this. Elm Street is on the north side. Gotcha. And you can see that. Elm Street, Main Street, they all and, come together. And right Commerce here. all actually kind of come together. So no longer do Elm at and the Commerce underpass at Dealey Plaza at the underpass. I can't believe a parade would go onto the freeway. You said, yep, the that's, freeway. That's they have bonkers. to get to the next. Place. Well, the police had the whole thing blocked off. Okay, so I'm showing you now the route that the motorcade took. So you can okay. see that they're going down Main Street. Now here's the thing: they got to get on the freeway. They have to go north on Stemmons Freeway to get to where they're going. That necessitates that they actually have to get off of Main Street before they hit the underpass. And there's a lot of confusion about this. Uh-huh. But you actually can't turn right from Main Street onto North Freeway, like going north on the freeway. There's a okay. concrete divider there. They had to go that way. The only way to do that is to go on You got to do a little Street. jog. That's right. So the only way this works if you're going north is you turn right onto Houston Street, mm-hmm. go one block north, and then you turn left onto Elm Street, which looks like it curves back the same direction. Yeah. But the whole point is that's the only way for you to get to that's the northbound Stemmons Freeway. Sure. There was um, a rumor spread starting in 1967 that this little route here was added on the day of the assassination. That well, is completely falsified. They would have to know that they have to go that way beforehand. Right. So this was com- that was completely falsified. I hope this restaurant was so good because this is... Well, I don't think they made it there. No, but not. I mean, they made the decision to go there. Um, we can kind of talk about the decision as to why they did that. I want to look at the menu. I think they provided the f- <laughs> they might have provided the food themselves. <laughs> um, now... So the, the route no, itself. No, JFK. It was getting fried pickles. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say this, and I'm saying this right now as as Andy, the host, and the conspiracy theorist. Right. There's nothing fishy about that route. Uh huh. I will say there's something a little fishy about the selection of the trademark, but in general, if that's where you're going, then this makes if sense. If the selection was not fishy. Totally normal. Totally normal. Yep. So uh, we kind of talked about <laughs> triangular shape forms Dealey Plaza, right? So that's all the Dealey Plaza. Um, at the intersection of Elm and Houston. Uh huh. So so they turn. They're on Main Street. They turn I right see, on I Houston. I see where you're looking. They go yeah. north one block and then they turn left onto the curved part of Elm Street. Yeah. At that intersection is a seven-story orange brick building. Uh huh. Called the Texas School Book Depository. That's right. Now. I don't know if you know what a school book depository is. No. Hey, listeners, if you just look up Dealey Plaza, nineteen sixty-three, you can see exactly what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's by a, the that's way. probably a good. That's that's Actually, what I've got pulled up on my all computer. All of the photos are in black and white. There is no orange building. It's this one right here. <laughs> There's no orange. <laughs> the Which photos one? are in black and white. It's that one. Take the that, America. One? Or the darker it's one. It's the last one in that row, right? Yeah. It. it 
There's yeah, it's that big yeah. ass building right there. Yeah. There's oh wait, no, no, no. It's this one. Okay, oh, it's this yeah. One? I was gonna say there's several big ass buildings yeah, there. Yeah, it's the seven story building. Ass building. Okay. So this Texas School Book Depository, this is where they keep all the school books. <laughs> they keep all the school books, yeah. And there's some other things. Seven damn floors it's of school books? For the whole state of Texas. There's no that way. That seems silly. No, Do they do that still? It's a big warehouse. No. They actually lease some of the space out to other people who needed warehouse space. Ah. The face of this building looks directly out onto Houston Street. But because of the angle of Elm Street, one could see the entire passageway from the face of the building. The entire passageway of Elm. Of Elm Street, the yeah. curved part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, once the limo turned onto Elm Street from Houston, this turn happened at 12.30 p.m. We know this because the, the secret... S- yeah, we know this because the Secret Service member remarked that they were five minutes away turning onto Elm Street. So they turned onto Elm Street. He looked at his watch. They were supposed to be at the luncheon at 12.30. They were five oh, minutes away. Oh, they were like, running behind. Because he stopped and waved. So they were running John. behind, and the Secret Service, John, John, John. He, they turned John. onto their last street, and he's like, okay, this is the last stretch before we get on the freeway, and we're there. We're five minutes away. Yeah. As they're traveling down Elm Street, they're going at about 11 miles per hour. The president is waving to his right. Of on course. the right is a lawn known as the Grassy Knoll. Right there. Mm-hmm. Now, gotcha. I, I will now quote directly from the Warren Report. Okay. All of this is from the Warren Report so far. Yeah. Seconds later, shots resounded in rapid succession. The president's hands moved to his neck. He appeared to stiffen momentarily and lurch slightly forward in his seat. A bullet had entered the base of the back of his neck, slightly to the right of the spine. It traveled downward and exited from the front of the neck, causing a nick in the left lower portion of the knot in the president's necktie. Before the shooting started, Governor Connolly had been facing forward toward the crowd on the right. So he had turned a little bit. Okay, yeah. He started to turn toward the left and suddenly felt a blow on his back. The governor had been hit by a bullet which entered at the extreme right side of his back at a point below his right armpit. The bullet traveled through his chest in a downward and forward direction. Exiting below his right nipple, passed through his right wrist, which had been in his lap, Jesus and then Christ. caused a wound in his left thigh. Holy that shit. That is crazy. Oh, it gets crazy. Because this is what the magic bullet thing is, right? I. No. That's amazing. Thank you for that, Margaret. Yes, so we will talk okay. so much about this magic bullet. Okay. okay. Um, the force of the bullet's impact appeared to spin the governor to his right, kind of reacting to it. Uh-huh. And Mrs. Connolly pulled him down into her lap. Another bullet then struck President Kennedy in the rear portion of his head, causing a massive oh, and fatal God. wound. The president fell to the left into Mrs. Kennedy's lap. Oh. Yeah. According to the Warren report, three shots were fired, two hit, one missed. Now the Warren report does not really deliberate about which one missed. There, there were so many differing witness accounts. How would you know? Oh my yeah. God! Just shots and noises, and and the Warren report even says like some people heard two, so some people heard four, but there was sound ricocheting off the tall buildings. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't really any way to be sure exactly how many, but f- the consensus lands on three from witness. So testimony. we're saying the same bullet that first hit Kennedy is the same one that went entirely through the governor. 
that is what um, that is what the Warren report says. Uh, they say Damn. that the one bullet missed completely. The second, bu- they theorize one. The first bullet missed. They kind of took a guess. They did say we don't one really of know. Missed. We'll one of them it's missed. The first one. Let's say it's the first one. The second bullet struck Kennedy, went through his neck, yeah. so into the neck, out the front, and then hit Connolly in the, in the back, back, out the chest, into the wrist, out the wrist, into the thigh. That is one bullet. That is. So crazy. Like, yeah. first off, you got to give Mr. Harvey Oswald some props here for, I guess, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. Like, because that's a good shot. Th- that's a good shot. That's a good shot. And Two for one. And, and call dude to call that collateral damage. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's my point when I was saying earlier. Like, why would you put two. Shut up. Why would you put two pretty important people in the well, same car? I mean,. Like this, seriously. In the like, case that I don't know, they get shot. Maybe so, they were supposed to get shot. Again, we're gonna talk about this, but like there were serious lapses in security throughout this trip. Now, oh, part of this, George Bush. Oh right, what? What? George H. W. Bush. Wasn't he in charge of this whole thing? No, not a l- from the security. I don't H. W. I don't think so. I, I, I was about to say he wasn't alive that. yet, but then I realized no, I'm he was bad definitely at alive. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. So, so maybe it was something else. Directly after, th- so the president, we the president has been hit with this bad shot to the head. He then falls into Mrs. Kennedy's lap. Um, Agent Kellerman, um, who was in the passenger seat, um, turned to observe the president, seeing that the president was struck. Kellerman instructed the driver, "Quote: Let's get out of here. We are hit." He radioed ahead to the lead car, get us to the hospital immediately. Agent Greer immediately accelerated the presidential car. As it gained speed, Agent Hill managed to pull himself onto the back of the car where Mrs. Kennedy had climbed. So a different Secret Service agent, um, Agent Hill, from the follow-up car, had actually exited the car Mm -hmm. and started running toward the limousine. Um, Mrs. Kennedy had climbed onto the back of the limousine. Yeah. You can see this in the Zapruder film. If you are squeamish, I would skip ahead for the next 10 seconds. She goes to... No, I didn't know if this was true, and I hate it. She does. She goes to grab what appear to be pieces of the president's skull. Yeah. This is an extremely traumatic event. I can totally understand why she would do something like this. I can't imagine what she's going through. Like, that's so messed up. Um, Hill pushes her back into the rear seat and shielded the stricken president and Mrs. Kennedy with his himself as yeah. the president's car proceeded at high speed to Parkland Memorial Hospital four miles away. Um, Shout out to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when they arrived at the hospital, the president was still breathing, miraculously, but it was irregular. Um, so it was just kind of some breaths, some sharp, short breaths. And they did detect a heartbeat, but they didn't detect a pulse beat. So again, it wasn't consistent. Um, the doctors saw the head wound and pretty much knew it was yeah. over. Um, they did attempt resuscitation and a tracheotomy, um, which you're unf- if you're unfamiliar nope. with the trach, do you don't need to hear about this? I don't need to hear about it. Um, <laughs> none of this was successful. The president died approximately... He was pronounced dead 30 minutes after the shooting. Began. Yeah. In the immediate aftermath. So let's kind of go back to Dealey Plaza. Sure. Initially, there was some confusion regarding where the shots came from, um, but attention turned to the Texas School Book Depository quite quickly. Uh-huh. Several witnesses saw 
um, a rifle or a shooter in the building. Um, witness Howard Brennan saw a white male, 5'10", in his early 30s, in a sixth-floor window with a rifle. This description, as well as a suggestion to search the Texas School Book Depository, went out over the police radio within minutes at 12.34 yeah. p.m. Um, and then I think the description of the man went out at 12.40 p.m. When, uh-huh. when was... 12.30, 12.30 is when the shots came. When they turned. What? 12.30, they turned, and then Like, it was all, yeah. Um, and all of the shots were fired, according to the Warren report, in approximately eight seconds. Uh-huh. Now, further investigations later on and further investigations of the Zapruder film would reveal that this time is about 8.6 seconds from, from, the, from the first shot to the third shot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all happened very quickly in, at 12.30 p.m. At, at 12.34, they say, let's search the Texas School Book Depository on the police radio. Yeah. And at 12.40 p.m., um, the description of the shooter, white male, 5'10", in his early 30s, goes out over the radio. Yeah. Look for this guy. Now, before any of that happens, a local officer on a motorcycle, Officer Baker, so he's a Dallas police officer, he heard the shots above him, and he ran into the... So he, he was on a yeah. motorcycle... And he was on Houston Street. Mm-hmm. So he d- finishes the block. He drives all the way up to the yeah. Texas School Book Depository. Runs and he runs in. in. Now, it's interesting. He had actually just come back from a week of deer hunting. And immediately recognized the shots he heard as coming from a high-powered rifle. Once in the building, Baker encountered building supervisor Roy Truly, who offered to help in the search. Why were so many men named Roy in the six I miss it. <laughs> The elevators were on the upper floors. So they went to take the elevators up, but they were on the upper floors, so they didn't want to wait. Um, So the men ran up the stairs, and they actually didn't get that far. This feels like a classic, like, oh, no, you took the stairs, I took the elevator, like that one scene in New Girl. (laughs) That's right. This is exactly like (laughs) that. The Warren Report said, like that one scene in New Girl. (laughs) And then they kissed. Um, So Baker, Officer Baker... When he hit the second floor, mm-hmm. Baker sees a man walking away from him yeah, um, on the news. second floor, and he calls him over. Hey, now, buddy. Now, Roy Truly had actually continued back up the stairs. Yeah. Um, so this man was empty-handed. Mm-hmm. He approached the officer as directed. Um, and then as he was approaching, Roy Truly came back down the stairs and said, what's the holdup? And Officer Baker said... Hey, Roy Truly, building supervisor, do you know who that guy is? Like, who is that guy? Yeah. Do you recognize him? Truly responds, yeah, that's Lee. He works here. Uh-huh. And then they turned and ran back up the stairs because, Aww. yeah. He works here. So. And if he works at that building, there's no way he shot right. that man. It's like, oh, don't, don't worry about that's Lee. He calls him a loner. He says, that's Lee's kind of a loner. He yeah. works here. They run <laughs> back up the stairs. in front of him? Yeah. This fucking uh, asshole. Oh, that, that's Andy. He's That guy a fucking loser. loser has no friends. Get <laughs> 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 the fuck out of here, Lee. That man was Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. Yeah. Who had started working at the Texas School Book Depository on October 16th of that year. How convenient. Ooh. Well, why is that important? Because... It's because uh, when did they they announce the Kennedy's trip to Dallas? What was that? The that trip was announced well before. Right. The the uh, the, the destination was chosen. Is that the it? destination? The the procession wasn't chosen. The there didn't we didn't even know there was going to be a procession until November fourth apparently. Okay. And the procession wasn't planned to go in front of this building until well if two everybody weeks knows. later. 
and it wasn't publicized until November 19th. So he had worked Lee there for Harvey over a month. Os- Oswald is I don't know. psychic. Why is October 16th important? Because it's because because people will say that oh, it was planned. Oh, this in was advance. before we had all the information. Yeah. Z- oh, so it's important because it's not important. It no, it's yeah, kind yes, of. Yes. Yeah, he had been working there. Like he had worked there for over a month. He didn't start working there when he heard the president was going to be in front of the right. But he'd still only part. been working there a month. That's right, which is a little weird. It is. Um, Oswald, this is still in the report. Oswald got a bottle of Coke <laughs> from the lunchroom from a from a vending machine in the lunchroom. Uh-huh. Left the building. He got on a bus. He rode for a few stops and then he got off. Now, I don't know why he rode a bus when all this shit was going on. Yeah. There's traffic. There's a motorcade. Yeah. Also, he went in one direction, and he got on a bus going the other direction, the, mm-hmm. uh, the direction he came. And I don't know if that was just to throw people off or whatever. Yeah. We only know that he got on this bus at all because his old landlord was on the bus. Oh, my <laughs> God. What a fucking bummer. Lee's having a bad day. And what, this him. asshole? He has no fucking friends. Yeah, this <laughs> loser. <laughs> Um, Oswald got into it, so he got off the bus. This old landlord, too. It's yeah. not even a... F- this old oh, woman. Oh, yeah, his, like, neighbor, his friend, yeah. like, an old colleague. <laughs> no. <Hey> Lee, he's <laughs> a security deposit. <laughs> um, oh, he uh, definitely didn't get that back. Lee Harvey Oswald then got into a taxi and went to uh, his boarding house where he was staying. So, he actually... Silly. He was living in Dallas in a boarding house. Uh-huh. His wife was in a different city. He oh, was in no. Dallas for work. Trouble. So he was visiting his family on the weekends. We'll talk about that a little Marital bit. Marital problems. We'll oh. talk about that. Oh. Lee cheated. So he went into the boarding house, um, and he and the housekeeper was surprised to see him home in the middle of the day. And she kind of saw that he was in a hurry. Uh, he, she made a comment, said, what, basically, like, what are you doing here? What's the rush, hon? Oswald did not acknowledge her. He went into his so room. Rude. He went into his room. Well, he he grabbed the president, so. Right. He was in a bad mood. He went into his room. <laughs> He's having one of those days. <laughs> he grabbed something that the uh, that the um, housekeeper didn't see, and then he came out of his room zipping up his jacket, mm. and then he left the building. This is at about 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. If I just shot the president, I would play it so cool. I would play everything normal. I'd you would? Like, yeah. I'd be like, oh, I don't feel too good. I'm going to go home for the day. Bye, boss. Yeah, and that's then, playing it so cool. And then I would <laughs> go home, and when the, the housekeeper's like, Lee, what are you doing here? I'd be like, oh, <laughs> hey, I just forgot something. I'm just going to grab it for work. Bye. Yeah, r- su- <laughs> building supervisor Roy Truly. Lee, the president's been shot. I'm pooped. Oh, man. I'm <laughs> Better go home. Look at the touch of a migraine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Not as bad as from a rose, touch of a migraine. <laughs> so, like I said, this was about 1 p.m. where he goes home to grab something. Gun. At, at about this time. Bomb. A, a new gun. At about this time, dur- about 1 p.m., back at the Texas School Book Depository. Deputy Sheriff Luke Mooney was conducting <laughs> a search of the <laughs> sixth not floor. His fucking name. Okay, man. <laughs> So that guy's a werewolf for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Mooney? Yeah, okay. Remus yeah, you're feeling Lupin? everybody. <laughs> wolf, wolf? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Um, so, obviously, like, the Dallas police had said, search the Texas School Book Depository. So they had people going into every, bil- or every room in the building. So this guy, Mooney, was on the sixth floor, and he went into a room, and he noticed a pile of cartons. Like milk cartons or bullet cartons carrying things? no 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 like big like kind of like milk cartons <laughs> oh, like, like these a milk plastic crate. yeah in the southeast corner 
So he squeezed through the boxes and realized immediately that he had discovered the point from which the shots had been fired. This is all quote from the Warren Report. Mm. On the floor were three empty cartridge cases yep. from, from yep. bolts. That'll do it. Yep. A carton had apparently been placed on the floor at the side of the window so that a person sitting on the carton could look down Elm Street toward the overpass and scarcely be noticed from the outside. Between this carton and the half-open window were three additional cartons arranged at such an angle that a rifle resting on the top carton would be aimed directly at the motorcade as it moved away from the building. Yeah. The I'll high be stack honest, of that boxes. That feels like a lot of speculation. I mean, they had ballistics, been police in there, and forensics, and all. I'm that just saying, stuff. you don't know why he put those those milk crates. Maybe he was right eating there. the hot dog lunch. <laughs> yeah. Like a sloppy, and just one like of the chili just dog. One of the view of the yeah. of the motorcade. Exactly. He had a good seat. Yep. That's all. The high stack of boxes, which first attracted Mooney's attention, effectively screened a person at the window from the view of anyone else on the floor. Mm. Mooney's discovery intensified the search for additional evidence on the sixth floor, and at 1.22 p.m., approximately 10 minutes after the cartridge cases were found, Deputy Sheriff Eugene Boone turned his flashlight in the direction of two rows of boxes in the northwest corner near the staircase. Stuffed between the two rows was a bolt-action rifle with a telescopic sight. <gasps> The rifle was about 40 inches long, and when disassembled, it could fit into a handmade paper sack, which, after the assassination, was found in the southeast corner of the building within a few feet of the cartridges. Dang. Okay, so at this point, it seems pretty cut and dry. There's that the a lot of ingredients there yeah. Yeah. cooking up an assassination. Three shots from the Texas School Book Depository, right? Sure, I mean, yeah. It seems pretty cut and dry. About 15 minutes later, 1.40 p.m. or so, um, and a little less than a mile away um, from Lee Harvey Oswald's apartment, so about nine-tenths of a mile away from his apartment, mm-hmm. the boarding house, Officer J.D. Tippett saw a man that sh- fit the shooter's description walking on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. It, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. He pulled his car over, and the man exchanged some words through the passenger window. So he was walking on the same side of the road that the car yeah. was driving on. So he pulls over, he goes to talk to him. Um, and as he near, uh, so the the man on the sidewalk like kind of leaned into the passenger window, and um, and they exchanged some words, and then after a minute or so, the officer gets out of his car, and he starts to approach him. He goes around the front of the car. Yeah. And as he gets close, Oswald pulls out a revolver from his Uh-oh. waistband Yikes. and shot the officer four times at close range, Jesus killing him instantly. Christ. A passerby, Domingo Benavides, saw it all happen. Um, and after Oswald walked away, Benavides came over, he checked on the officer, and then yeah. he radioed the situation in on Tippett's car radio. Oh. Savvy. The police radio, yeah. yeah. Onlookers, and there's a lot of information in the report about the different people who saw this happen. They yeah. say, this definitely happened. Onlookers watched Oswald stroll about for a little while. He kind of walked around. And then it about you tell me this man he just shot, shot a, a cop police officer and, and then kept he just walking. kept strolling. No one wanted to approach him. He, st- he still had bullets in his gun. Yeah, but like, Only wouldn't three. you? I don't know. Like two walk they, briskly. Uh, they didn't want to get close. Well, to him. he probably didn't want to. No, drink. I'm talking about him. He didn't give a shit. He was trying to be inconspicuous. So about don't shoot an yeah. officer. So then he at about 1:40 p.m. he enters the Texas Theater without buying a ticket, which then prompts Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> Which prompted mm-hmm. yet another call to the police from the person at the front desk. So like, hey, this weird looking guy just entered the theater. Yeah, it looks a like a loner. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like a big <laughs> fucking loser. He looks like he doesn't have any friends. Literally, again, just like d- he could have been less conspicuous. He could have bought a ticket. More conspicuous. Wait. 
inconspicuous. Yeah, less could have been more inconspicuous. You're right. You're right. You know, you're right. Sorry, I got confused in the words. Cause yeah, okay, whatever, buddy. We're gonna <laughs> let you do an English episode. <laughs> um, so obviously the police were called. Within minutes, the theater was surrounded. Lights came up. Policemen came in. Uh, they approached Oswald. Police ordered him to his feet. We talking a movie theater? Yeah, or a like theater a movie theater. theater. He went in for a double for? showing. I don't know. Good question. Um, this is sixty. Hang on, I'm gonna Google it. Sixty-two, sixty-three, sixty-three. Google what so movie was out that day? Uh, Jaws or something? No, Jaws like seventies. The Beatles? I don't know. I'm gonna stop you. <laughs> the Beatles. Uh, the police ordered Lee Harvey Oswald to his feet, and he said, "Well, it's all over now." He then punched an officer with one hand and drew his revolver with the other. And after a brief scuffle, he was ultimately apprehended without further incident. So Not nobody died. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Here's what's crazy. It wasn't until the two groups of officers, so the guys from Dealey Plaza and the guys from this theater, got back to headquarters that they realized that they had found the same guy. Uh-huh. So like the officers bring this guy in and they positively identify him as this guy named Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm-hmm. Hey, probably we Cleopatra. have yeah, we have this guy who just killed the police officer. And then a couple minutes later, some officers rush in from Dealey Plaza, and they're like, "We know the name of the guy. It's Lee Harvey Oswald. We just talked to you Roy mean, Truly. You mean this fucking? And they're guy? like, "You mean this guy?" So at that point, they realize that they, they found, got their man. They got their man. Later this day, so all that was about two p.m. at two uh-huh. thirty-eight p.m. On the presidential plane, Lyndon B. Johnson was sworn in as the 36th president of the Famous United picture. States. Right. Very sad. And then um, later, it's I got some conflicting reports on this. The Warren report initially states that it was later this day that the body was taken to the National Naval Medical Center um, for an autopsy. This is in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh-huh. Um, and then some reports said... It's a long way to go. Some reports said it was within a week. So I don't know. It's somewhere soon after. Okay. JFK's body was taken uh, to a naval medical center where Navy doctors performed an autopsy. Remember, he was in the Navy. So there's nothing really super shady. No, yeah, no. They found wounds on the head. Good for Obvious. (gasps) From what? (laughs) Concussion. Yeah. (laughs) All that football in Harvard. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They found wounds on the head and neck and described them both as presumably of exit. So the big wound on his head and the wound at the base and yeah. front of his neck. They, they called these exit wounds. Presumably of exit was their exact terminology. Yeah. The autopsy also sh- um, showed a small wound of entry near the rear of the president's skull. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And near the base and the back of the neck. So they have identified now yeah. four holes. Those and, make sense and with what we've heard so yep, far. And determined that the shots were fired from behind and above. Now this autopsy states why they call them wounds of entry and exit. Um, they four entry wounds. I'm no. sorry, no, no, no. Two entry wounds in the back, and then two exit wounds in the front. Yeah. So the exit wound on the head, where the big hole was, and an yeah. exit wound at the base of the neck. Yeah. Now they look at the fibers of the tie uh-huh. on the neck. They said that the fibers were pointed outward. Right. Um, and that's what they I mean. Exit there there you go, exit yeah. wound. And then I mean, they found a hole at the back of his head that was small, right. a much larger hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean. So. They, they, it was again pretty cut and dry. They're like, well, here you go. Yeah. Um, and so then that's that's kind of that for are amazing. yeah that that's kind of that for the um, assassination. Now the Warren report goes on to discuss 
the events that happened the rest of the weekend. Okay. But before they do that, they get into uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's background a little bit. Right, so like, what the hell? Who's this guy? Looks like, like he was a loser his entire life. Had no friends, no had no friends. money. So that's what the Warren report says. Like, it, basically, he had a rough upbringing. He was born in 1939, which means he was 24 when he shot the president. <gasps> Damn. Yeah, he I'm was 24. Like, yeah, he was our age. Isn't that insane? Yeah. 24 years old. That feels like too big a decision. I he, get nervous. Yeah. This guy has lived. This guy has lived a whole life up to this point. He has had a crazy life. Um, he was born married. in 1939. His father had died two months earlier. <laughs> so he was born to a widow. He was in an orphanage for a little bit. Um, and then Oh, died two months before he was born, yeah, not two months before yeah. he shot the president. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. right. That's right. He was in an orphanage for a little bit. They moved around a lot. His mom married and divorced a lot. He had a lot of half and step siblings mm. and so on. He was all over. They moved around all the time. He was enrolled in several schools within a year, pretty much every year. Um, he was really smart, and everyone said that. He was really smart. Never applied himself. Uh-huh. He was described by school social workers as, quote, seriously detached and emotionally starved. Yeah. He was moved to the youth house in New York, which is basically just a place for troubled youths yeah. or, or kids youths. with psychri- psychiatric problems or kids who were in trouble with the law or had problems with absenteeism. A psychiatrist at the youth house said that he had, quote, a personality pattern disturbance with schizoid features and passive-aggressive tendencies, end quote. He concluded that the boy was, quote, an emotionally quite disturbed youngster, end Yikes. quote. And he remembered. Yep. You can't say emotionally disturbed youngster. That's what he was. Yeah. And then he was recommended by this same doctor for psychiatric treatment. Now, his mother did not put him in psychiatric treatment. She, uh, she kept saying, like, no, we're not going to do that. At 16 years old, he dropped out of high school and tried to join the Marines, but was rejected because he was 16. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, duh. Uh, duh. That's about 1955, 1956. He spent the next year reading about communism and Marxism. Mm. So the whole next year, he got a job. I think it was a store clerk. And he just started reading, like teenagers do. And right. and, they, and he was so into this stuff. Like, he loved Marx. Um and it got to the point he was writing letters to the Socialist Party of America. He joined the Marines at 17, I think six days after his 17th I think birthday. That's still not 18, but all right. I don't know. Um, so uh, when he finally was in the Marines, he was administered um, a, a shooting test on a range. Now, uh-huh. you'll see this quoted if you look up whether Lee Harvey Oswald was the guy who did it or not. And a lot of right. people who say that he did or didn't do it, whatever, they refer back to these rifle tests. So this rifle test, he scored two points From above... seven years earlier? Yep. Okay. He scored two points above sharpshooter mm. on a rifle range, which is pretty good, right? Yeah. Now, the only scoring categories are marksman, then sharpshooter, then expert. Okay. And he scored two points above sharpshooter. So, so he's not an expert. He's not an expert. But he's, he's pretty good. But he scored... Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like a good shot to me. Uh, He served 15 months overseas in the late 1950s, mostly in Japan. Um, There wasn't a war going on at this point in 1959. So, when he was in Japan, he spent most of his time making conversation with his his, his, um, squad, like his platoon. Yeah. And most of what he talked about was praising communism. He talked about his interest in the Soviet Union. But they didn't like that. Yeah, it feels weird. 
Because this is very much like the time of McCarthyism and everything yeah. like that. Yeah, very much Seems so. like he's just that weird kid who wants to be the odd one out. Sure. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, he also expressed interest in joining the Cuban army and fighting for Castro oh. while he was in the Marines. It's so weird. Um, yeah, in 1959, thanks. he requested to be released so that he could go home and take care of his dying mother. She was not dying. The he Marines just wanted out. Yeah, the Marines didn't know that. It's it's worth noting that he was court-martialed twice. Uh-huh. Um, one, because he had a weapon that he didn't report. Uh, got in trouble with the Army. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, one, because he had a, a personal weapon that he did not report. And the second one was for basically disrespecting an officer. Nothing really came of it. Um, he was He was released... After he told them his mother was dying, uh-huh. they arranged passage for him to go back to the U.S. He then swiftly got on a boat in New Orleans and went to France. Wouldn't we all? He spent about a month in Europe, meandering uh-huh. his way, and then in October, about a month after he released in September of 59, um, so this is October of 59, Oswald made his way to the Soviet Union, uh-huh. and he asked for citizenship. So he <laughs> went. What do you mean he asked? He went to the Soviet Union hey guys, and fan. he wrote to the embassy and he said, "I want, I want Soviet citizenship." He was denied. He was on a six-day. Really, that seems so unlike them. That's yeah, crazy. He was on a six-day temporary visa. He could be there for six days. They denied him citizenship and said, "Get the hell out." On the last day, um, he uh, attempted suicide. Oh. Oh. He okay failed. He did not die, obviously, because he went on to kill the president. Uh He wound up in a Soviet hospital um, where he had been for a couple days. um, And then at that point, he went to the American embassy in in the USSR. And (laughs) upon the grounds of being a Marxist renounced his american citizenship Uh now there you can do this Uh you can renounce your citizenship but there's like forms right yeah he did not fill out these forms he just said paperwork is the worst he basically walked into the embassy and said i'm not part of you guys anymore i'm renouncing my citizenship it's like in the office bankruptcy that's right so he didn't do that um, and then the Soviet Union was basically like, Jesus, dude. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, cool. We're not going to approve your citizenship, but we're going to allow you to stay here on a year-to-year basis, and we'll 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 review you every year. Just don't – just relax. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. So in April of – he stayed there for a couple years. Um, in April of 1961, so we're about a year and a half later, he got married to Marina Prusakova. Um, and then they – Russian dis- lady. Um, they spent <laughs> the next year or so, um, in, in love, in correspondence oh. with the U.S. embassy and the Soviet embassies, and they're trying to arrange to go back to the U.S., uh-huh. which was a pretty lengthy process going from the, the USSR, USSR to the, the U.S. US. So yeah. it makes sense yeah. that it took a long time. Um, it was not until the following June. So June of 1962 mm-hmm. that they were oh, able like to, a year plus later. Yeah. Kay. That they were able to actually finally move back to the United States and they ended up in Fort Worth, Texas. Right. Upon his return, he was interviewed by the um, FBI and was so belligerent and unruly that they had to stop the interview and conduct a second interview. <laughs> now, they wanted to know if he was a spy, basically. Sure, yeah. This yeah, looks fair. really fishy, you right? You spent time in the Soviet Union. You Years. lied to the Marines to quit our government, or to, to quit our 
army yes. or, or yeah. military. During which time, by the way, you said you loved communism and wanted to join the <laughs> Cuban army. You spent three years in Russia, and now you're back mm-hmm. with a Russian wife. Right. And you still hate America. Sounds like, a little You don't want to talk to us. So but they're why like, come you're back? a spy. Like, I don't get it. <sighs> Land of the free, home yeah, of the brave, It's kind Margaret. of a long story, but it, they weren't living and a great I care life about over any there. of that stuff. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. So that's actually the thing. That's what's so weird. So, so... They interview him a second time. He maintained his anti-American views, um, showing, yeah. and this is quoted in the Warren Report. He says there was disdain for democracy, capitalism, and American society in general. I Actually, mean, they moved when they were in Texas. They lived kind of around a, a community of Russian people, mm. and they didn't like him oh. largely because they had moved to the U.S. for a better for, life. Okay, and he was like, "No, it sucks here. Uh-huh. Like I hate it here." Now this is all coming out of the Warren report. Sure. All of this sure. is the Warren report. I want to keep that in mind. I'm, this is so this all is, the Warren again, report. The government's story. This is the government's official story. Did you know that? No. No. That probably not. John F. Kennedy's assassination on um, Lee Harvey Oswald's assassination on John F. Kennedy was uh-huh. not the first time he had attempted an assassination. Lee. I did not. Now, I didn't know that, but I am not surprised by the fact. This was not known until they discovered the rifle. That's that's a major piece here. Uh-huh. So, um they were back in Texas in 1962. They moved he then moved to Dallas in October 1962. So, we're still a year out from the assassination. Right. 6 months or about 7 months later, April 6th, 1963. Mhm. Lee Harvey Oswald lost his job at a photography firm. Four days later, following this dramatic event, he attempted an assassination on retired Army General Edwin Walker using a rifle he ordered a month previously from a catalog. Ooh. Uh, the general was extremely anti-communist. Like, think McCarthy levels sure, of yeah. vocal hate against communism. And that was part of the reason that he was actually discharged. Because mm-hmm. he was like, everybody was like, dude, you got to chill the fuck. Yeah. Um... Like I said, this was not actually known until this investig or this uh, investigation, the FBI's investigation with the discovery of the rifle. They were able to trace the rifle used to this to this rifle and the catalog and all that stuff. That's what my dad used to do. Um, trace ballistics. Okay, thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. <laughs> not try to assassinate army generals. The bullets fired matched Oswald's gun exactly, and and part of it was like. The bullets were only manufactured for like a like a month, uh-huh. and they were ordered with this gun. Like <gasps> it was a whole thing. Very loosely related. Have you seen that guy on TikTok where like you'll send him like globes or whatever, and he'll I love that guy. Oh yeah, incredible. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Shout out to that guy. Shout out to that guy. I don't know your name. Um, weirdly enough, he had, he had left a note for his wife on the evening of April tenth, basically saying, "If I don't come back, do this." Now his wife was like, "That's fishy," what? but. Like nothing happened, so there you go. He came back and everything. Yeah, the general did not die. The general did not die. Okay. Okay. So following this, so now we're in like the spring of 1963. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald, without work, he leaves to go to New Orleans, his town of birth, to look for work. While he was in New Orleans, he was arrested while handing out pro Castro leaflets on behalf of Ah, the Fair Play for Cuba movement. A Fair Play for Cuba movement. Is not as juicy as you'd like to think it is. It doesn't sound that A juicy. bunch of of um, poets and writers 
um, basically were like, bro, like, let Cuba be Cuba. And he was like, yeah, dude, let Cuba be Cuba. Um, so he was arrested. He requested, uh, in it, the police were like interrogating him. He requested FBI there, Mm. which is weird. That is weird. That he requested the FBI. I don't really know why. Maybe because he's like, (laughs) they already interviewed me. They know I'm not a spy. Can you please stop doing this? Cahoots. Um, so after. Oh, (laughs) cahoots. Sorry, I completely separated this guy as the person who killed JFK and was just like, this is just a strange character that Andy's talking about. Uh Um, He is a strange character. Um, So after being released, he came back to Dallas. Then he went to Mexico City for a week. Oh, what did he do there, Andy? Uh, well, he tried to gain official permission to go to Cuba through the Cuban embassy. Uh-huh. We know this because of wiretaps. Love that. Who put those wiretaps there, Nathan? Richard Nixon. J. Edgar Hoover. Ah, thank you. Richard so Nixon. <laughs> oh, that was later. <laughs> that was later. Yeah. Good job. Um. So then he did not get to go to Cuba. John F. Kennedy defeated Richard Nixon in the 1960 presidential election. That's true. Yeah. And they said, oh, it's because he's more handsome. Yeah. And but less then sweaty. One of <laughs> but one of them had the flu? Nixon well, had the flu. and Rich- Richard Nixon was also just generally so paranoid about everything. So, so he was sweating Probably. because he was paranoid? I don't know. So he's still married. He's at just a nervous wreck. Lee Sorry. Ar- it's okay. Lee Harvey Oswald is still married at this point. Right. But he, the reason he was allowed to like go to Mexico City and no one was like, anything of it is because at this point his wife had actually left dallas so they were living in irving texas Uh his wife and his children (gasps) he had kids he did have kids surprise while he was trying to find work in dallas so he was staying in dallas to try and find work um he was staying so was she aware that he was just like fucking off to mexico city no oh my god don't you dare he's on a work trip honey okay so this is actually they get they got well, we'll get to this. So he was staying in a boarding house in Dallas, and then he would come home on the weekends. Um, right. So now we're in the Literally fall. Literally just sounds like a recipe for someone having an affair. Yeah, I don't think that's what happened. So I wouldn't sit there and be like, oh, he's off trying to go to Cuba, but I would Kill think the like, president. oh, he's trying to <laughs> Kill the president. probably like cheat on me. Yeah. That's um, what I think when Nathan goes to boarding houses and comes home on the weekends. Yeah, I go to boarding houses. He com- and he comes time, home maybe. itchy, and he's like, I don't know why I'm so itchy. So... Um, Lee Harvey Oswald was... Here's what's a little bit weird. He was actually suggested to apply for work at the Texas School Book Depository by a neighbor. Uh-huh. Um, at the boarding house? Uh, yeah, that, oh, okay. that's right. So a neighbor at the boarding house had called the School Book Depository on the 14th and they and found out that they were looking for a job. Um, and he told Lee... Lee was interviewed on October fifteenth. What a fun neighbor! What a nice neighbor! Yeah, I know. I th- mm. I'm guessing that they were all kind of. If you're living in a boarding house in Dallas, Texas, you're probably all kind of working on the it's same networking. stuff. Networking. Um, it's not. It's not networking. <laughs> so he was actually interviewed the following day on October fifteenth. Actually, the guy that killed the president. Actually, he used to be my old neighbor. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I recommended that he work at the Texas. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> that poor so guy fun. just lived with that. Can you imagine? Unless going, can you imagine going to the Warren Commission and they're like, "So how'd you know, Lee? I told him to work at the Texas School." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I, this in fact, was, I actually called them myself yeah, and said, "You should said, hire this you should man. hire this guy. He's a. I think you. I think he's got a great shot at success in your <laughs> business." 
Yikes. So, Lee Harvey Oswald was interviewed for the position on October 15th and hired on the 16th. Bing, bang, bosh. Bosh. Back to the events at hand. So, now we're kind of caught up with the Lee Harvey Oswald thing, right? We went on his side. How many kids did he have? I think he had two. Poor kids. So, his wife was just... I'm just really concerned about his wife. Well... Uh, well, you should be more concerned because sure. it gets worse for her. I mean, yeah, her husband. No, I think the it president. gets worse than that, probably. On Monday, November eighteenth, Lee Harvey Oswald uh-huh. and his wife had a huge argument over the phone. Mm. Margaret, you alluded to this <gasps> earlier. She thought he was cheating. No, the oh. argument was over the fact that he gave the boarding house an, a fake name. Oh, so mm. he w- had been using some fake names. Uh, AJ Heidel was one of them. Weird. Jacqueline um, Hyde, that's what that sounds so like. So he had an ID card in his wallet that had Heidel on it. He told the police in New Orleans that is that he was working for a guy named Heidel. He ordered the rifle under the name mm. Heidel. He told the boarding house his name was O.H. Lee. Mm-hmm. And his wife was like... Which is weird because it's just his <laughs> name rearranged. Right. That's so, <laughs> so not creative. His, I'm guessing how this <laughs> happened was his wife was trying to reach him at the boarding house and asked, like, I'm looking for Oswald. Like, we don't have an Oswald here. And found out that she get he gave them a fake name. He's like, she was like, what the hell? Why'd you give him a fake name? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They had this huge argument over the phone. Um, and then he drove to Irving on Thursday, November twenty first. So three days <gasps> he later. It's such a big day. Mm, day before. His wife was surprised. Um, what's the? Do you know what the travel distance is for that? I don't. I'm on it. Uh, his wife was surprised because it's a Thursday night. Like, he just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Uh-huh. They had the fight on Monday. That's right. Oswald left Irving early Friday morning. He left his wedding ring and his wallet <gasps> with $170 in it. No identification. Marina, his wife, watch was watching the motorcade procession on TV. Watched the events unfold. Oh, God. Oh, that's only a 26-minute drive. And immediately yeah. went into their garage to check for the rifle. And that's weird. She is watching. She's. She just heard that the president was assassinated. Uh huh. And her first thought is, I wonder if my is husband's that- rifle is still in the garage. Yeah. So she goes into the garage. She uh, sees the blanket that covers the rifle, and so it looks undisturbed. She did not lift the blanket to confirm that the rifle was actually still there. Uh huh. She goes back Marina. into the house at 3 p.m. that day. Just hours later, law enforcement searched the garage, lifted the blanket to find the rifle missing. Uh-huh. Oswald was interrogated at least 16 separate times. I'm sure. Between his arrest on Friday and Sunday morning. He initially denied... This is kind of funny. He initially denied owning any firearms. No, it wasn't me. And when shown a picture... <laughs> no, but I know a guy named Heidel that has one. <laughs> O.H. Lee. That's the guy you're looking for. Um, the The... He's like, I don't know any guns. And then the police showed him a picture of him holding the <laughs> rifle. <laughs> and he oh, said, that's not mine. He said, that's not me. <laughs> Somebody superimposed my head on he this said, photo. He said, that's not me. He said, that's not, I've never, I've never done this. My head was superimposed. The rifle found at the school book depository matches the one that was ordered through the catalog mentioned earlier, as confirmed mm-hmm. by the distributor who runs the catalog. Right. Mm-hmm. Oswald's prints were on the rifle. Fair. Yep. That'll do it. A little after midnight on Saturday, November 23rd. So this is like just hours after he was arrested. Oswald was actually taken to a press conference by the chief of police. That seems like a That's bad idea. Weird. I think seems so like too. Seems like a bad idea to let the person I, who assassinated the president think, talk to the public. I think you got to look at what, what the public is going through. What do they need to know? 
we've got the guy, I think, mm-hmm. was the point. Yeah. Just, like, fear not. We know it's him. Don't even worry about it. You just need it. one good shot of him, like, walking in handcuffs. You don't need to yeah. let him uh, talk to the people. Uh, They didn't let him talk. Okay, good. Uh, oh, they just he had was him heard, sit there at the he press was, conference? He did yell in the hallways as he was being moved about to press. He said, um, I'm a patsy. Ooh. Famously, it means he was set up. He said, I didn't have anything to do with it. I was a patsy. I didn't do nothing, basically. Mm. Um, I'm the fall guy. I was framed. Um, the room with the press conference was full of photographers, TV reporters. I'm sure. And notably one man who was not a photographer nor a TV reporter. What did he do? His name is Jack Ruby. Ah. Uh, oh, that guy. Local so steakhouse owner. Jack Ruby. This was his first encounter with Lee Harvey Oswald. 36 hours later, he killed Lee Harvey Oswald. I don't know how the fuck he got into this press conference. Yeah, why was he there? Did he own the trademark and he was just like really upset no. that he lost all that business? Jack Ruby was a nightclub owner. Uh, not a nightclub, not a steakhouse. Sorry. No. Jack Ruby. A little bit more about Jack Ruby um, from the Warren Report. Uh, uh-huh. Basically, on Sunday morning, November 24th, Oswald is being taken from the city to the county jail. From the city jail to the county jail. Um, sometime after 10 a.m. That's what the public knew. Sometime after 10 a.m. they're going to move him. Um, it was not specified exactly when. TV crews flooded the basement of the police headquarters where a car awa- uh, awaited Oswald. Now, some things kind of got held up. Um, timing got pushed back. Potty o- breaks. Oswald appeared at 11.20 a.m. in custody. Uh, so he came out and he was getting ushered into this car. Mm-hmm. After just a few steps, he was approached by Jack Ruby, who fired a single shot into his abdomen. Yep. Jack Ruby was obviously quickly arrested and interrogated. Um, This is a quote from the Warren Report. Under interrogation, he denied that the killing of Oswald was in any way connected with a conspiracy involving the assassination of President Kennedy. He maintained that he had killed Oswald in a temporary fit of depression and rage over the president's death. That is from the Warren Report. Okay. Basically, he was super sad. Um, Witnesses say... About a man that he had never met. Well... Dying. I mean, John F. Kennedy att- attachments to the he was president, basically especially a symbol of like hope. Him, yeah, I mean, he was a symbol of hope for the nation. He really was. I guess, but hey, man, I'm just don't shoot the messenger, shoot no, the president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Ruby was initially convicted and sentenced to death. The sentence was appealed. Um, oh, this was over. A, wasn't he in jail for a long time? No, actually. So he was convicted pretty quickly. What am I thinking? Uh, there was he had a lawyer. He fired his lawyer. He was then represented pro bono by a very famous lawyer, um, Johnny Cochran. No, Robert Kardashian. <laughs> no, also not them. Um, not Ken and then Star. Essentially, um, his sentencing, his initial case was thrown out. It had something to do with the confession that he gave the Dallas police, where they said like. So you meant to kill him or something like that. And he said something along the lines of, well, I meant to shoot him three times. And that was uh-huh. apparently an admission of guilt. That, that actually was enough to overturn the sentence. He was still in jail awaiting a retrial. Um, but before that happened, he ended up dying in prison in 1967 oh. from lung cancer. Okay. Smoker. Conclusions from the Warren Report. Kay. Now, this oh, is... His last name was Rubenstein. That's right. He legally changed his name to Jack Ruby once he arrived in Dallas, Texas. He was originally from Chicago, Illinois. Mm. So um, this, these are the major conclusions. So after the end of this big, long summary, the Warren Report kind of yeah. does a summary summary. Yeah. Um, they conclude a lot of things. I'm going to read the important ones. Um, number one. So sorry, let me get here. 
Uh, okay. The shots which killed President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired from the sixth floor window at the southeast corner of the Texas School Book Depository. Uh-huh. And then they describe, they say, this determination is based upon the following. Witnesses at the scene um, saw a rifle being fired from the sixth floor. Some witnesses saw a rifle in the window. Near the, they found some bullets, for what it's worth. They did find some bullets in oh, the really? limousine. A nearly whole bullet found on Governor Connolly's stretcher. It like fell out of him and pinged ew. on the stretcher. Ew, ew, ew. Um, I agree. Uh, that bullet and the two bullet fragments that were found on the front seat of the presidential limousine Jesus. were fired from the 6.5 millimeter Manlicker. Oh, ew, Manlicker Carcano rifle. We're just gonna call it the rifle. Are you sure? Lying? I swear to God, M A Manlicker. It's a German thing. Oh, okay. Uh, rifle found on the sixth floor. So the bullets matched. Um, we're gonna talk about that bullet that fell out of the governor. Oh, okay. The three used cartridge cases found near the window in the depository um, were fired from the same rifle which fired yeah. the above described bullet and fragments. Sure. The windshield in the presidential limousine was struck by a bullet fragment on the inside surface of the glass but was not penetrated. So the glass okay. on the limousine did break but the shot came from behind and they f- saw where the shot came okay. from. And the nature of the bullet wounds suffered by President Kennedy and Governor Connolly um, and the location of the car at the time of the shots established that the bullets were fired from above and behind. Uh-huh. Now, did Con- Connolly live? He did. Oh. All right. Good for him, I guess. Um, now, you mentioned earlier this magic bullet, right? So that's what they go on to say. President Kennedy was struck first by a bullet which entered the neck. Da, 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 da. Um, they say that this one wouldn't necessarily have been lethal. The president was struck a second time by a bullet which caused the fatal yeah. wound. Now, Governor Connolly was struck by a bullet that, again, mm-hmm. in the back, out the back, in his wrist, out the wrist, into his thigh. Yeah. Um. There is no credible evidence that these shots were fired from the triple underpass ahead of the motorcade or from any other location. The weight of the evidence indicates that there were three shots fired. Although it is not necessary to any essential findings of the commission to determine just which shot hit Governor Connolly, there is a very persuasive evidence from the experts to indicate that the same bullet which pierced the president's throat also caused Governor Connolly's wounds. So crazy. Yeah. Is Um, it the one that fell out? That's the same bullet. Are Still you serious? Whole? Still whole. Um, well, the frankly, the, what the American government should take Benjamin from that frankly. is they should they should contact that manufacturer and say, "Hey, maybe you should be the ammo for all of our military weapons." Yep. Um, the shots which killed President Kennedy and wounded Governor Connolly were fired by Lee Harvey Oswald um, through, and then they'd say like like all the rifle stuff, and they found him and all this stuff. Um, do, 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 do. The commission has found no evidence that either Lee Harvey Oswald or Jack Ruby was part of any conspiracy, domestic or foreign, okay. to assassinate President Kennedy. Um, and finally, the commission could not make any definitive determination of Oswald's motives, uh-huh. which is a, an important piece of this. Right. Like, what would have caused? Why would to you do fucking this? shoot the president? So he's just really sad about the fight that he had with his wife. And dude, he fucking loves communism, honestly. Yeah. And he loves his wife. So based on all of Obviously. this, Obviously. I, I kind of want to ask. Mm-hmm. So this is the government's official story. Right. What are we thinking? Like, some people believe that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't even touch that rifle. Uh-huh. But, I mean, it, it seems like this, like... I want to poke holes in this. And there's right. some stuff that's a little weird. Right. But, like, 
for the most part, this seems like a pretty reasonable story, right? Yeah. Seems it does reasonable. seem reasonable. I still don't buy it. Why? I would say... There's just... I mean... What about it my, is suspicious? My biggest question is is the motive. The motive is the biggest question for sure. Fair enough. And I I would say from what we've heard right now, I would believe that Lee Harvey Oswald fired the shots to kill John F. Kennedy. Sure. But I, it just doesn't quite all add up for me right now. Okay. Um, I feel like there's too many things where it's like, oh, it's a little strange. It is a little weird, but I will say that that I mean they interviewed all these witnesses. Like the the bulk of witnesses, they they do say three shots were fired. They heard three shots. Mm-hmm. No, and, I am and, not going to suggest that Lee Harvey Oswald was not the shooter. I'm not going to suggest that there was a second shooter anywhere. I'm not going to. I might if I hear some other but evidence, like, but who put him up to it? Who right? Like so, you know there what I'm is this piece of it, which is like, and that's what I think the initial concerns were, like. I don't know if this answers all the questions, but the Warren report basically says we know we got the guy. Yeah. We may not know why he's the guy, but we got the guy. Yeah. And I I think that as far as what the Warren report's job for the nation was, it it did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Like they found the guy and people know he's the guy. And they said, there's no conspiracy. We found the bullets. They all came from his rifle. We found prints on the rifle. Yeah. Like, Jack Ruby himself admitted to doing, to killing Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. And he said that he did it because he loved the president. And eyewitness reports do say that he was crying at the news. Um, he himself said that I think it, it affected him more than the death of his own parents. Uh-huh. And then he died in prison. Yeah. So, it seems pretty cut and dry at this point now this report was released in 1964 yeah one year after just short just short of one year right um just in time for the election um so who ran for election that year Lyndon B. Johnson Mm. and he won that would have been for some nobody no 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 Nixon didn't run I can't remember. Goldwater? I wanna, no, Goldwater was a Democrat, I think. Maybe he wasn't. Okay. Some nobody. So, <laughs> why then? Why then? Like, I, we haven't really talked a whole lot about anything that anything goes against Anything outside of that story. This is just yeah. the Warren report. Now, this obviously did not alleviate all the issues. And the question uh-huh. is, why? So, at, at its release, people were extremely happy with it. Okay. Um... Just no. content to call it like, oh, he was just a crazy man that did a crazy thing. Right. And then the more that people looked into this, the more they're like, hmm. And by people, I don't mean people like me. I don't mean like that seems fishy. I mean like, psh, I don't know, a separate investigation conducted by the United States government. Oh, shit. Dun, 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 dun. Hey, everybody, it's me, Nathan, just back in the studio again, cutting up this episode. That will be the conclusion of our part one to the John F. Kennedy assassination, Um, talking about the Warren Report. As you could tell from the end of the episode, there are some twists and turns to be had, so make sure you come on back next week for part two uh, as Andy continues to dive into uh, some further investigations and maybe some future discoveries on how accurate was the Warren report? Is there some other fishy stuff going on? So tune in next week.
since we didn't get to it in the middle of the episode, again, makes me a little sad. Hit up our socials at Topical Breeze on Instagram and Twitter, topicalbreezepod at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. And yo ho ho and a bottle of thank you for listening. We'll see you next week for part two. All right. Take care. All right. All right. But take care. Yeah. We'll see you. All right. Okay. Love you too. Bye.